Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you are doing well. I hope you are staying safe wherever you are on this wonderful Friday. We have a lot in this episode, uh, a lot of transfer market talk, obviously, but Andy and I primarily in the first opening portion of the podcast, we discussed the interview that Dan and Ryan Friedkin released through Roma's website yesterday. A lot of talking points in that. So we will get to that shortly. But first, a quick word from the sponsor of today's episode, MyBookie. Football is ready to return. And at MyBookie, you can find thousands of bets for the top leagues in Europe, including the Serie A, the Premier League, Bundesliga, and La Liga, which is returning next Friday with Granada hosting Athletic Bilbao. And even better, if you sign up now using the promo code ROMAPRESS, MyBookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000. And it's not just football. MyBookie has thousands of bets to choose from across all of your favorite sports, including the ongoing NBA playoffs. Again, you can use promo code ROMAPRESS and MyBookie will match your first deposit. So get your winning season started today at mybookie.com. And again, promo code Roma Press. So if you're a gambler, if you enjoy betting on sports, uh, give mybookie a look. And if you do so, again, please use promo code Roma Press. Before I bring Andy on, also have to say thank you to our two latest patrons over at Patreon. The first, Philip Butler. You can find Philip at P H I L. SAFC73 and Brandon Quintal, who you can find on Twitter at Mr. MR underscore Quintal, Q U I N T A L E D U. Thank you, thank you, thank you to both of you for choosing to support our endeavors here. Again, greatly, greatly appreciated. Without all of our wonderful patrons, this would not be possible for Andy and I to do so. Truly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me bring Andy on now. I'm not going to delay any further. So again, as I said, initially he and I talk, we didn't mean to actually talk this this long about the freaking interview. It went much longer than I anticipated, as you could probably tell by the length of today's episode. But for the first half hour, it is roughly us discussing some of the, the, the talking points and the notable quotes that both Dan and Ryan Freakin said in their very first interview since acquiring Roma. And then after that, we get into the transfer market stuff. Dzeko, Smalling, uh, Milik, obviously, um, and a couple of other uh, minor minor transfer stories as well. So let me bring Andy on right now. Hello, everybody. Andy and I are back now. So Andy, obviously, transfer market stuff, very, very busy. But I think before we get all to that, I think we absolutely have to discuss. We finally hear from the guys. Dan, Ryan, Freak, can they speak? No new pictures. At this point, I am convinced that Roma, they have to be trolling us with this, right? I, I mean, I think they are in on this uh, on this running gag, I guess we could call it, because yeah, they notice, have used... Notice the black and white filter. <laughs> I was just going to say. Uh, same picture, different filter. So I think what I have to do now is play along, because uh, Dan Freakin was featured in Forbes magazine a couple of years ago, and there's a black and white picture of him with the transparent background. He has also an IMDB page. He does. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to play along with Roma and I will just use different backgrounds. I can put him, uh, I can have him right outside my duplex uh, in Asiago. I can put him on a beach with this transparent background. So all I ask now of Roma, we've heard them speak. Thank you. Even if it's one new picture, that's it. I don't think that's asking a lot. Poor Ryan, this poor guy, he has one picture, but it's it's at two different angles. Each <laughs> Temple, when they initially announced that freaking was uh, doing the deal, they did the one that's at the alternative angle as opposed to the one right. that everyone else is using. Him staring so, right at you, yeah. <laughs> poor Ryan. So, yeah, Roma, do everybody a favor. Uh, even if it is one, we need something because this is – this is borderline absurd, and wait, I guess we can start with there. But do you do you think? Wait, do you think that if they come to Trigoria in the forthcoming days or weeks, are they going to put out a contract on every single photo photographer that gets onto? <laughs> I mean, 
they're gonna have like mob guys go after each paparazzi that takes a snap it is pretty incredible this entire thing and i I guess we could start there so the level at which and i wasn't joking when i said this how many times here i wasn't kidding when i said the lengths into which they go to avoid media attention or I, i guess you would just say attention in general is quite honestly astounding uh, Freakin's lawyer messaged me uh, just a couple of days ago and said, oh, by the way, Ryan is is in Milano now. And this was after a report initially came out that he was in Mi- Milano for the weekend. And that was true. It turns out that was all correct. I, I was very surprised because usually their guy or their one guy who we've managed to get the information out of these entire 10, 11 months, uh, usually he is on the ball. But with this one, he definitely dropped it. He was late on in telling us this. I have to tell you, though, Friedkin, the the thing, obviously, anyone who's been on Twitter, social media, even I think some of the websites have been writing about it, where they've been tracking these private planes. Dan Friedkin, he has three private jets. And there's various websites where as long as you have the, the number on the tail of the jet, you can track it. And people have been doing this almost religiously for the last two weeks because everybody has been wondering, when are they coming? When are they arriving? Not even to Roma, but just to... Same uh, people who are tracking down Malcolm's uh, uh, plane. (laughs) No comment. But yeah, it's been very bizarre. And Ryan, he pulls one over on everybody because the Friedkin jet went went to Germany last week and everybody was saying, oh... See, Freakin is in Germany. They're holding talks for Ranyik, and that's when we had to put something out saying, yeah, they're not in Germany. Uh, there's dozens of Freakin Group executives who have access to all three of these jets, although there is one that Dan tends to favor, which is the one that was in Germany, but Dan wasn't on it. Um, so, yeah, the Freakins, Dan and Ryan, they're not the only one who use these, these private jets, but people, they tracked it to Germany. Turns out they weren't in Germany. Meanwhile, Ryan... The slick one, I feel like this is an episode of Catch Me If You Can. He doesn't do what many of us expect. He pulls the wool over our eyes, and he flies commercially from London. Are you are to... you telling us a, a, an espionage story or something along those lines? I, I, I'm, I'm not even joking when I tell you that this is borderline espionage. I, I am not even sure if the CIA goes to these sort of lengths to conceal their movements because it is just incredible. So Ryan, he flew from from Heathrow in London. He landed in Milano, uh, flew commercially. So (laughs) he was obviously able to conceal himself in a manner in which nobody knew about this. And with everybody tracking the private jet, had he flown to Milano or had he flown to Ciampino in Rome... Everybody would have known that it was him. So he did the um, he did the uh, covert thing, and he flew commercially. And under all of our noses, he landed in Italy, where over the last few days he was joined by <laughs> Roma CEO Guido Fienga. This and, sounds and like this something is, that Americans were doing in the Cuban Missile Crisis or something. Like that <laughs> I, I can't speak to that. I, I'm sure somebody listening here who is a historian on some sort of American history can shed some light on that. Maybe they are doing that. Who who knows? But I think this is where at least I want to start with their very lengthy interview. I think it was a very good thing that it came out um, because there's something I'll get into later in the podcast that I, I thought was very interesting. I think the timing was right because we did see a lot of people, whether or not this was you, we did see a lot of people getting anxious saying, hey, what is going on here? We have not heard from them. Since they acquired the club, do they do they even exist? Where are they? Why are they staying so silent? Why is Ryan staying in London? Um, and the first answer to that is, well, he, he, he had to quarantine for at least 14 days. Now, granted, he has been in London. He arrived on the 29th of July, so he certainly passed those two weeks a while ago. But I don't have a good answer for that as to what took them so long. But I think the the timing of this interview was just right. The preseason has just begun. I think it was smart for people to at least get an idea of to what the the new owners have in store. But the thing that I want to start with is I think the thing everybody was pointing to, and it was something Dan Dan Friedkin said into way into the way that they plan on operating the club. And this is what he said. He said, quote, we are big believers in stability and culture. 
This is important in our existing businesses, and it's critically important in football. We try to identify and, more importantly, support strong management. We prefer to be seen rather than heard. And for this reason, we have empowered our leadership, particularly Guido Fienga, to handle most communication on behalf of the club. We believe that a winning culture must start at the top, and we intend to lead by example. And I think the thing that everybody took from that was we prefer to be seen rather than heard. And I'm not going to say that they were specifically addressing James Palalta, but clearly they were addressing a specific problem that people had with James Palalta. No, Andy? Yeah, of course. I, I, I first thing I thought was, oh, wow, that must hurt. Um, because <laughs> right out of the gate, uh, well, first of all, let's say this. It seems like um, they, this, 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 this text that they released, this basically interview that they released, um, works brilliantly in terms of creating that uh, just incredible ambience of hush hush that they've been yes. carrying out so uh, uh, just with such great attention to detail um, because basically the whole text is you know we have we are interested in in this in this business venture we are here to to sort of uh, uh, bring back the enthusiasm and the passion um, around this this incredible city um, but at the same time don't bug us because we are we do business one way and you will not change our way of doing business um, and don't expect us to to you know to to act a different way than we've been acting so far uh, basically they said the same thing that you know, uh, when when something important will happen, that's when you'll hear from us. But we're not uh, uh, we're not not an ownership that will you know go uh, at great lengths to to sort of connect and and be you know so outspoken. And I think that's that's also a shot at not doing the things in a provincial way. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people understand what I'm saying after having perhaps read or heard, unfortunately, uh, the words of the great Aurelio de Laurentiis, um, who is the prime example of, uh, or the opposite, the exact opposite of, I think, what the Friedkins are about, at least from that text that they've released. That we are here strictly for business we understand what the you know what the ruckus is about what the what the needs and wants of fans are but we're not gonna be you know uh, uh, stirred and and pushed and you know we're not pushovers we are here to do business on our own terms we if something important happens or if something that really causes excitement will happen then we'll hear from us then we'll act on it um, but otherwise, we're not coming out of the shadows. That's basically what it boils down to. Again, I, I think this is more of a, and I, whether or not you disagree with the way they're operating, it is very clear. And I think perhaps this is something Roma have lacked over the last few years, is a very strict way of operation. Who was it? Somebody gave an interview the other day, and it was in regards to Palata. They said, oh, maybe, I forget who. Somebody said that uh, Palata, he was never present. Uh, he, he made decisions based, or actually, it might have been Totti. It was Totti. It was Totti, yes. Did you see the portion where Totti said Palata needs to be present and the Friedkins understand what he did wrong because Palata he made decisions based on the news as opposed to actually being there and living through these sort of things I think that is the perfect way to summarize the different or at least the early differences between Palata and Friedkin again actions speak louder than words they've been they, they've owned the club for only a few weeks here so obviously to give any sort of judgment at this point I, I don't think you can really make any sort of concrete judgment one way or the other but the fact they at least recognize this is very very important and I want to get to at least one thing on this so I was talking to people at Roma um, 
who who were from the Palata era who haven't been because there there have been a lot of changes at the club in in various in various departments marketing their communications sales uh, Roma TV Roma Radio I've been talking to a couple people uh, who are who have remained and they told me that when they met with some of the representatives of the Friedkin Group it was um, reiterated to them at length the way they do business. And they are to not leak things to the media. They are not to, they're okay. Sanctioned interviews and stuff, obviously that's okay. But leaking things to the media is an absolute no-no off limits. And it was, it wasn't just reiterated. It was emphasized to, to the 1000th degree that this is how we do things. We do not leak to the media. Um, we, we do not give this image that uh, things are not in order here. We don't want to give the image of a messy house, so to speak. We keep everything in order here. And I found that very interesting. And just, I, I, it's not like I'm, I'm saying anything secret here, but this has even been reiterated to the man at the very top, Guido Fianga, who is essentially seeing, overseeing everything right now for Roma. This is a guy with Palotta. He would he would talk. He he would certainly confirm things, deny things. You know, he wasn't he wasn't unveiling any grand secrets or or, or um, leaking anything to which would do any damage to the club. But now this guy says nothing to nobody, and it is astonishing the change in his behavior that we've seen in these last three weeks, and it is just astonishing to see it unfold. Andy, in this environment, because we always talk about the ambiente, right? We always talk about this the, 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 this Roman environment, and we've already seen newspapers. And I'm not criticizing. I'm again, I'm being very, very positive. Okay, very positive. But we have seen already a lot of newspapers, uh, radio stations take issue with this. They do not like that the Freakins remain secret like this. We even saw La Repubblica put out a very <laughs> Wow, that was very unsuccessful. <laughs> very, I, 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 particular probably doesn't even paint it correctly. You guys can can look at it on your own. Um, just a very confusing article that takes issue with the Freakins. Where do you come out on this? Because again, this this way of operating for them is something that I have never seen in my lifetime. I'm I'm three decades old. That has never been the case at Roma. Uh, the Roma of the first Zeman, the Roma of Capello, the, the Roma of Spalletti, the Roma of Luis Enrique, whoever you mention, Roma has always been uh, a, little bit of, a little bit of chaos, even in the good moments. Um, sometimes that chaos can be much worse than others, but this is a group, and they are somewhat trying to disrupt, I guess you could say, the standard way of operating that we have seen from this club for decades, whether or not they will be successful in doing so remains to be seen, but I at least commend them for trying to change things. Is that where, is that how you feel? Or do you think this is just going to blow up in their face to some level? Well, that, you know, that uh, it, <clears throat> to answer that last question of yours, all depends on how they, how they carry on um, with, with Roma as a, as a, as a business venture. What I mean is, if if really if this is the way they if this is you know their modus operandi if this is the way they do business with everything else with with all the other um ventures that the Friedkin group has uh, you know invested in uh, then we are in for um for i guess uh, an ownership that mm, understands not to fall into the trap that uh, you know outsiders uh, set everywhere and what i mean by this is that there was a moment or at least I, uh, perhaps in the later years when palotta um when palotta uh, you know sort of started to to lose the grasp on on Roma and what was happening with it, um, because unfortunately things didn't go according to plan. But what I he he basically stopped interacting right with with the newspapers, with the radios. Yes. He it was pretty clear that uh, 
I'm not going to say they are the enemies of the people because it sounds horrible and it's one of the worst things a particular individual keeps saying. But <laughs> what I mean is there was uh, this, this, you know, there was tension between, between Palotta and everything outside of Roma. Uh, but at the same time, he gave them reasons to, to, to you know, he gave fuel to the fire. Um, from time, you know, from time to time, he'd make a statement, he'd release an interview, he'd do something in just small enough, but 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 strong enough to to make an impression, to leave something, to to give them a reason to write about Roma in in a in in a certain way, and I think that so far, Friedkins have released nothing, have said nothing. And I think that works great because as soon as you you just give a little bit of a reason to to speculate to to doubt, then you're in for rough treatment. But you know if this is if this if Roma is going to be run like like a, like a real Friedkin Group business venture where everything is is done behind closed firmly closed doors and we don't engage in you know in in adding fuel to the fire we don't engage in you know in fights in 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 italian we say battibecchi you know in yeah. in, in that yeah. sort of thing where okay that it's a bad example because it's really it's something from like 2 months ago when palotta went after comiso right but because that was in my opinion so so childish uh but at the same time it's it, it was something that uh, just was enough right to to make a story about it to to speculate to to make a comparison between the two and here i think the perfect attitude in this place even in italy in general is to steer away from from the prov- provincialismo steer away from stop engaging just do your thing behind closed doors and i'm sure that you know this is sports it's not it's it's not maths this is you know it, it if you do the right things at the right time you'll 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 achieve great results i completely agree i i just think that freaking has to do this w- one of two ways in my opinion you either have to be very 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 quiet or you just have to be very open you can't play it sort of this both ways exactly yeah no there is no there is no middle road no exactly there really is no in between because i i think you put it perfectly when you said that palotta he wouldn't he he wouldn't give these lengthy interviews particularly this last year he was uh, he was quite quiet but he would give you he would give you just enough you know just a little bite and as we've seen time after time whether it's palotta a player a manager if you give the environment just a just a little bit, just a taste, um, it can blow up into something quite quite bigger than what you initially had intended for it to be. So I think, it, it, and it's very, it's very curious because they have freaking has has pounded this into the heads and the minds of the people who are currently at Roma. It, it's very weird, like this Omerta who who you know you have freaking like the mob boss saying you don't speak to anybody at all and it's it's quite a curious thing to see i i am very anxious to see how it gets on in a place that is renowned for the radios for the television for the websites for the newspaper everything now for us and and me i'm obviously this is not that portion of it is not fun because now People who, you know, in the past, we could just message Palta, we could message somebody close to him, and we would get some sort of sense as to what is happening, what is going on. Losing that now, it makes, especially if you're trying to get some sort of exclusive on something, it makes it especially difficult. And I don't know about you, Andy, but, okay, you know, from my perspective, me me as an individual, it doesn't bother me. I, you know, I, me personally, I'll find a way to adapt. That's, that's okay. But I, I can easily see, and we've already seen it, uh, these news outlets taking that very, very personally and them having a go now at the freakins. I, I mentioned that article in today in, in La Repubblica, but do you think that the way they operate, 
that is going to see many of these larger newspapers, a lot of these larger websites sort of turn on them. You know, it's always going to be a problem, um, at least in Italy. I really can't speak about other leagues because I'm not not very, you know, knowledgeable about the, you know, sort of national environment. But in Italy, if <laughs> if you really try to be omertoso uh, about, about certain things, you are going to make enemies because it's, you know, it's 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 a matter of culture. I mean, here, the Friedkins come from a completely different uh, culture, uh, but not just in terms of, uh, you know, Americans. Um, but uh, uh, just a work ethic, work culture, um, uh, you know, uh, just a, a, a different cultural landscape when it comes to um, engaging with the media or or even internally working internally as a firm, as a, uh, you know, as a business venture. And, and so uh, it's going to be I think it's going to be particularly interesting to see how how they manage to carry on. Because as you said, you know, there is no in-between here. It's it's either you keep things as they are on the hush-hush and, and you do everything behind closed doors, but you do things, right? I mean, you have to, at some time, the, 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 silent ha- needs, to, the silence needs to have a payoff. Um, right. you, you, there has to be success. There has to be something, exactly. you know, boiling in the pot behind the closed doors. Because otherwise... It's, you know, you either you go, you do that or you go all the other way and be extremely out in the open with things. And like and, a De Laurentiis, as you mentioned. Exactly. As you go to, you know, you go to the local radio stations on. A, I mean, I think De Laurentiis goes on like uh, three different newspapers, <laughs> one does. special radio he station. He has a weekly segment on that specific he, radio station that you're yes, mentioning. Yes, and now he even engages in, in a fight with, with another radio station, I believe, Kiss Kiss Napoli or something like that, Napoli Kiss Kiss, uh, yeah. Uh, so, but that's it. That's It's either that or that. Uh, there is no in-between, and and you have to be comfortable in doing so. La- the Laurentiis, for example, is very comfortable about doing those things because, uh, you know, he he has a reputation of doing exactly that, and he keeps it up by doing so. Even Comiso, he came from the outside, but I think he found himself uh, very comfortable in dealing with certain situations around it. And it's going to be interesting. I I certainly do not wish to see the Friedkins going to the mattresses um, for whatever reason, <laughs> speaking of Omerta, um, because that would be... I mean, if they bring in some gringos from Texas, um, <laughs> it's it's not going to be pretty. But anyway, yes, I you know this is exciting. Um, I, I I I'm not exactly one of those people that found incredible pleasure in reading that interview. I think a lot of it was honed in in the PR department and the communications department. Of course, um, of course, everything was beautifully polished, and the word passion was I think used like three hundred times. Um, but it's 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 a start, and it's a start because they tell you outright that they really intend to carry on the way they have been for months now. See, I think from my perspective, it wasn't more. It wasn't what they said was almost secondary to the fact that they said something, because we did see a lot of people getting anxious, wondering what is going on here. I mean, are you surprised when they asked them about the transfer market? They said nothing. I mean, come on. They're not going to give you exactly. anything. And, yeah. and that's something we all have to adjust, whether you're on, on, a, on, a, on a local Roman radio, if, if you're a writer, a, a, a fan even, if you're just a Roma supporter, this is going to be much different. Um, because even during the days of, you know, Sabatini, he would leak things and they would get out eventually. Now it's a whole new way of everybody finding a new way to operate so i'm curious to see how it happens i wish them the best of luck because it it, this isn't just a business this is how we do business this is a this is a change of culture this is just not a small individual you know a a small individualized thing that they're trying to change here this is a from top to bottom even within the city this is a geographic 
way of doing things much differently than anything we've seen recently. So, oh yeah, am... this is not this is not setting up a warehouse in the middle of nowhere. This is this is investing in in a living and breathing, uh, uh, you know, thing that that has an impact uh, on on a on a really huge scale and involves many many people. Are you at all worried that? Uh, because I, they didn't necessarily make the same air verbatim as Palalta saying, oh, we're going to be in the top five in the world. But they do mention growing the brand. There's no reason we shouldn't be among the best, if not the best. All of the newspapers today kept or, uh, kept using Ryan's quote, sleeping giant, right? This is a giant awaiting to, uh, waiting to be awoken. Is that is that something that you're worried about? Because I, I think in the end, that is something that ultimately came back to bite Palotta in his backside. Was there anything about the interview? Not even that in particular, but was there anything beyond what we've already discussed that that stood out to you? I know you said you didn't take much from it, but was there anything else? No, I, you know, I'm what I it's still I'm still going to return to this point just because that was what stood out to me and was unique in that um, there is there is a, a strong sense of conviction about 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 them doing the things their own way, and and you know you you if you start if you start going into if getting into this world of sports and especially the world of football, you will at some point say those words that you know you you are the owner of a team with potential because why the hell would you invest in that team if you didn't believe so and. Any team really that comes from a city as glorious as as Rome and and just a global with a global network like that. I mean, this was what we were talking about when Palotta was leaving. We when we were listing the things that, or even describing the situation that the Friedkin walked into uh, compared to the situation that Palotta walked into. That's exactly that. That there is it is a sleeping giant in terms of. There's so much potential, you know. You can you can have this you can have this goddamn stadium built, you know. There is you can there there is there is a future in it. There is a future in this team. There is a future in this city. Uh, and and if you're not going to reach for the stars at this moment in time, when Roma, you know, despite all the criticisms, despite all the the doubts, is in a position to grow significantly. Yeah, 100%. The thing I find most interesting, and I, I would love to ask them this, for those of you who don't know, Friedkin, a few years ago, they were trying, or it might not, it might have been earlier than a few years ago, I, I can't recall, because if I remember, the Rockets were sold relatively recently. Friedkin did try to acquire the Houston Rockets, who are a NBA basketball team, for those of you who don't watch basketball at all. And the thing I find interesting, Andy, is... If you just compare the NBA in obviously two different sports, we're not we're not discussing that. But when you compare the NBA to like the city, it is a night and day difference between the professionalism, how organized things are, the infrastructure. So I would love to ask them, OK, so you went from wanting to get into the world of sport. How do you go from this Houston Rockets, uh, the NBA ton of branding to the city ah which the branding is not uh, i think that's something they need to work on the marketing they need to work on obviously a different language uh, what thought goes into that so i am very curious to see what they think uh, between the two how they would have potentially operated the houston rockets i'm curious to see what they implement at roma as to how they think there's any carryover between the two um so yeah eager to see what they have to say but we're not going to see them doing these interviews. So <laughs> this might be one to fulfill them for the rest of the year. I don't know when we'll hear from them again. It's interesting to see. Uh, Ryan Freakin, after I was told he was in Milano, I don't know where he is now. Nobody knows. He could be in Rome for all we know. But I was told within the next two weeks, Dan Freakin, he will be arriving. Obviously, when he arrives, he must do two weeks of quarantine. So let's keep that in mind. I don't know where all these newspapers are getting it, or you know, or even the the website saying he, he you know, he's going to land. He'll be at the stadium. No, 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 no. You have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, so let's wait on him, and then we'll see what happens. Okay, half an hour on freaking, without having touched the transfer market once. So it's uh, <laughs> what is it? What's today's date? The fourth of September. 
It's the 4th of September. Yeah. Roma, they have not had um, really any major market movements at this point. Patrick Schick, he was waiting yesterday to take to take his medical. Unbelievable. Someone in the Czech national team, one of the staff members, uh, a trainer, tested positive for COVID. So Pavel Paska, his agent, confirmed to us uh, that that is delayed. So that's a 30 million euros, including bonuses, operation. Juan Jesus, I, I, I'm speechless. Absolutely speechless about Juan Jesus. Spineless. Oh, so the latest is, so he's already refused a move to Cagliari. And now he is still pondering a move to Genoa, Roma and Genoa. They already have an agreement in place. But he hasn't accepted yet. And I have to tell you, I don't know if he's going to accept. Obviously, he has the huge wages in Rome. He has a partner. She expressed no interest in leaving Rome. And then on top of that, Andy, we find out today Fazio has renewed. Uh, there was a trigger in his, there was a clause in his contract that was automatically triggered a few oh, months damn ago. It. When you say, when you mentioned trigger, I was thinking of something else. Oh, God. Yeah. I, we don't have to get into that. I don't know <laughs> what you're referring to. But we found out today that a clause in his contract was triggered a few weeks ago because of the number of per, the I was going to say presence uh, the number of appearances he made in the city or the the number of appearances he made last season automatically triggered this clause which automatically in turn renewed his contract until 2022 so now you go from Fazio okay he's got one year of contract left probably makes it a bit easier to find a deal but now it's two years and moving him out Seems more difficult. I thought with 100% certainty before Jekko left for the national team, we would see him make a decision after we spoke to his agent, Silvano Martina, earlier in the week. That didn't happen. <sighs> Are you getting discouraged at all? Um, well, to me, the priority, and I think, I think this is uh, a priority for almost every team i think is i i know i don't remember if it was marotta or paratici who described this well not really post covid market but what i mean is market during the covid crisis uh, as a market of um, many teams selling their players and not actually buying so i was expecting to see you know these rejects um, prioritized as you know, uh, as as something as uh, you know, I was expecting uh, Juan Jesus to take his bags and leave. I was expecting Santon to take take his bags and leave. But hey, it seems like everybody's comfortable. Every everybody is is nice and comfortable um, in their Rome apartments, Rome uh, penthouses. Um, so I you know I can't I I can't blame somebody that does not wish to move to Genova um, and, and oh come on pay. you're by the sea um, yeah well you know I mean you can give him a call I, his agent always seems to be the first one to deny any sort of contact I'm pretty sure that if you if you press the agent enough he's he'll say that Juan Jesus made no actual contact with his partner Mah, I'm um, on his blacklist now yes. uh, Roberto uh, Guerra Ro no no, 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 no. That's uh, that's for gone along. Calenda, Calenda. He also loved to talk. Oh yeah, Calenda, Calenda. Calenda. Uh, right. No, I am on his blacklist because I wrote something <laughs> um, about a year ago. Um, or actually, I guess, well, I guess it was a year ago because I, I wrote something on him after that disaster class. Remember, he had in the first match of the season against Genoa. Um, ah. And when, when I when I when I when I asked him to to speak, he sent me he sent me the link. Uh, his response was the link where I wrote something a bit a bit critical of Juan Jesus. <laughs> so since then, uh, oh he doesn't speak. Goodness. Well, see, that's and that's you know, it's we find our this is this is what you have to. Well, this is, these are the consequences that you must face when you give a five year contract to yes. the likes of Juan Jesus, the likes of Fazio. I mean, how? How do you even begin to sit at a table and say to a player of Juan Jesus's caliber or Fazio's caliber, listen, we are going to sign you for this number of years or we'll put a release cause, or a clause that will automatically renew. You know, it's 
for for a player like Fazio, um, for a player of Fazio's age, for a player of of Juan Jesus Cal, these are the mistakes that this new Roma cannot make because this costs you. I think this costs you more than 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 anything else. Is that you you find yourself in a situation where you wish to grow, you wish to get better talents, younger talents, um, players that can actually contribute to the team. No, you find yourself. Uh, Fonseca finds himself with a squad that I think counts like 35 names, um, including some Primavera players. This is I'm, I'm talking about the players that he find him, find, found himself on the in the in the training these days. The 35 names, I believe, and so many of whom are are absolutely useless. Some of them want to leave. Um, you have you have Kolarov, who has you know supposedly is is has his uh, uh, medical scheduled, but you have these these guys like Santon, um, Pastore is out doing therapy, uh, Juan Jesus is is out enjoying himself, and I mean let's remember Juan Jesus was not called up to a number of games this year because of disciplinary reasons. Yes. Um, because his attitude wasn't right, because he, you know, he, instead of really putting in work, he would joke around during training. And, 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 and Fazio, who has been unreliable, uh, to say the least, this is it. And, and you find yourself in a situation where you just can't do anything. And I wish really this is something that Roma needs to avoid at all costs. And this is, you know, this goes for other teams too. Um, Juve also wanted to sell so many names, but now we hear that, you know, they must, you know, they must uh, make some room for a guy like Ramsey who costs them seven million a season and who's been injured during this 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 last week. So it's unfortunate, but I think this is the reality of Serie A. Yeah, the the problem with this window, and this is this is something that came from a uh, former sporting guy, Roma. Um, obviously up until a few weeks ago, he, uh, he said the problem is there's too many sellers, not enough buyers. And that's a problem when you have, as you just mentioned, a very large squad, many of whom have no place at the club. Before we go on, though, somebody asked us, because you and I, we, we talk about plus Valenza, and it's this very, it, it, it's this very peculiar term that I don't think I've ever or you have ever taken the time to discuss here so i want to get to that very quickly because that's something you and i we we mentioned quite often on here when we're talking about transfers we mentioned it on the last podcast at roma they need roughly 100 million euros of plus valens uh, before the end of the 30th of june 2021 so very quickly um the way when we discuss like the book value how a certain player is on Roma's books when we talk about all oh, Roma made five million in plus Valenza from this sale. It, it's actually quite simple. So just to make the math very easy, and because it's a contract that is currently hampering Roma, we'll just take Juan Jesus for example. So uh, Roma they purchased Juan Jesus for ten million euros in the summer of two thousand and sixteen, and he was handed a five years contract. So. The way that these clubs account or put these players in the books, they don't put 10 million euros in their books right away. They don't put, they don't account for 10 million in the summer of 2016. What they do is they spread the 10 million over the life of the contract. So he signed a five-year contract. It was, it was a 10 million euros fee. So Juan Jesus amortizes at 2 million euros per season. So, because four seasons have already passed, that means Juan Jesus has amortized 8 million euros and he is currently on Roma's books for 2 million euros. So, if Roma were to sell Juan Jesus today to Genoa for 5 million euros, they would get 3 million euros of Plus Valenza. And that's what we're discussing. Um, that's what we mean when we're discussing Plus Valenza. Um, it is not because a lot of people, they'll just take the fee that they paid in 2016 and um, the fee that they're paying in 2020. And they'll say, oh, Roma, if they, you know, they bought him for 10, now they're selling it to Genoa for five. They took a 5 million euros loss. doesn't work like that. That's not how clubs account for players in their books. So from an accounting standpoint, it's much more different um, than the actual cash flow 
just ask Gianluca De Marzio, who for some reason thinks that Roma, um, if they sell Patrick Schick, they, uh, that <laughs> uh, it's a 20 million euros loss for Roma. That, that's not the case. So plus Valenza, that's what it is. It's just spreading the transfer fee over the life of a player's contract. So if you bring in a player for 5 million euros and he signs a five years contract, he amortizes at 1 million euros per year. Um, if you sell him after two seasons, uh, he is on your books for 3 million euros. And whatever fee you get for him, that's either plus or minus. That's uh, either a plus Valenza or a minus Valenza. So that's how you get it. Um, I am terrible at math. Probably just made it seem like I kind of know what I'm talking about. I have no idea on anything when it comes to math. So if there's anything, you know, percentages uh, beyond that, um, I'm not the one. I'm not the one to ask. But just very basically, Andy, that's just an idea um, on plus Valenza, and it, it is very important when you're obviously de dealing with Roma because this is something that we've had to deal with over the last few years, unfortunately. So keep that in mind. Anytime Roma are linked to a certain player, just calculate their book value. You can do it on your own. Uh, Roma, all of their transfer fees, they are public knowledge as is contract length. So just keep that in mind anytime uh, Roma are linked with a, a sale or uh, or a purchase of somebody, how much they'll amortize over uh, over the annual basis. <sighs> okay, that was a long-winded way of uh, getting, back, getting back to this. Gibberish. Yeah, gibberish. Gibberish. it was, but you know, a couple of people asked what we mean when we say that. So I, I think it's right because I don't think we have ever once addressed um, how the amortization and the plus Valenza, minus Valenza stuff is calculated. Um, and when you're dealing with the transfer market, that is important to know. So, um, yeah, really nothing has changed. Uh, we keep seeing this very weird domino transfer, I guess you would call it, involving Milik, Dzeko, Under, Riccardi. He's not going to Napoli. He's going to Pescara on loan, which is, uh, despite... Um, what many think, because um, a lot of a lot of people, and after our last episode, they said, "Why do you not like youth players?" I said, "I it's not that I don't like youth players. I, I just if you could get ten million euros for him, sure, go for it." But I do think it's a good thing that they're keeping him still. Um, the season, though, Andy, is just a few weeks away, and it is daunting that it, 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 it's not even that Roma haven't even brought anybody in. Because I, I I think if you would ask anybody in this very moment. How are you feeling about the market? I would assume the general feeling is pessimistic. Um, I'm not necessarily pessimistic, but I guess if you see the lack of, of, of action that Roma has done this summer, I could understand why to a certain extent that you feel pessimistic. But with the season just coming up so soon, uh, where are you at? Are, are, are you pessimistic? Do you think that this is going to be, um, we're going to be sweating it out until the very end and the very close of the transfer market because we do that anyway. But now with the season starting so soon, it feels like everything has to happen in such a short window. It does. It does, and it, 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 will, it will have the same effect on, on, on everybody else um, because everybody expected this big summer, you know, of, of incredible moves involving the likes of Koulibaly um, and, 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 and so many other big-time players in, in, in Serie A. Even Skriniar was rumored um, to, to be leaving. Um, this is, you know, it's, it, it's I think, the, <laughs> the name of the game right now is adapt as quickly as you can to this new season, to, to the new way of playing football in these unpredictable times. Um, I you know I I stand by what I, I I said and I keep saying all the time it's about making the right decisions at the right time I I thought that it would be key to prioritize selling the the dead weight it's easier said than done um I again I'm not I will not feel uh, pessimistic just because you know they didn't go after a player that I saw on football manager or I saw on FIFA um <laughs> I will be I will be pessimistic if they don't figure out this um, the center back position um, as soon as possible. What I mean by this is this small deal that it's it's like a never ending saga of him switching of of, of intermediaries changing of of his will prevailing over the will of Manchester United 
of you know of of paying the club of paying the agent of doing this of doing that and it's it, we always keep hearing that now it's you know we have negative feelings now we have positive feelings smalling is, is far away from roma smalling is getting closer to roma um for for the for the importance of that particular position in Roma squad, it's 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 a must to 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 figure that out to have it already you know everything set before the start of the season. I realize that the market closes um, in in I believe in the beginning of 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 October. No, when does the market close? Exactly? Uh, the fifth of October, I believe. Exactly. So you see, it's a month from now. You have a month, and I understand that a lot of stuff, a lot of deals will probably take place in the last days of the market but to me I will be pessimistic if you don't address the center back position the right back position that's because I think those are the most crucial ones the ones where Roma is most vulnerable at I understand that um we want to see the likes of Ibanez play a, 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 you know a big amount of time and we you know we want to uh, count on the young players but at the same time we 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 must have some reassurances um and in those th- those positions really need them so i'm not here sitting with a wish list you know um i'm just here trying to stay positive in terms of you know everybody's out there in the same position you know everybody's in the same situation everybody has been working on deals on end, uh, Juventus are trying to secure a striker for next season because Higuain is clearly leaving, and Juventus are blocked. Um, Inter, not much happening over there. Um, Milan, you know, they've been at work for for uh, uh, more than a month to secure a, a renewal on on uh, Ibrahimovic's end. So it's we're all in the same boat, but it, it's 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 key to to know how to adapt, and uh, you have to give the tools to 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 Fonseca to work with. You just have to. Yeah, I think the smalling thing is the thing that they need to address as soon as possible. I don't know, you can't let it drag out much longer. Now you mentioned one of the things that has sort of a, has sort of affected it is. There have been, I think we're up to either the fourth or the fifth intermediary in between uh, last season's negotiations of him arriving and until now. If I'm not mistaken, it is four or five different intermediaries. So you have these people coming in and out of the negotiation. And while you still do keep the general framework of a deal when you change intermediaries, it, it, it really is almost starting from scratch. So... I think that is something that should be the priority, as you said, in my opinion. Right back, I don't know if they will make that the priority. You have you have Perez, you you still technically have Florenzi, although nobody expects him to stay. So you, I, I guess, in in theory, you have enough names to get by on the left. Calafiori, Spinazzola, uh, Santon is still there who has been linked pretty heavily with a move to Turkey. So we just have to wait and see. And as you said, the not, not the, the beauty or the reassurance of it, but everybody is in this situation. Um, I'm about to publish an article now from Napoli's sporting director, Cristiano Giuntoli, who he just said they're in the same problem. He just said our squad is large. Uh, there's a lot of work we have to do. He addressed Milik. He said strikers, they keep their value. So even though that he has only a year of contract left, uh, he still has a very important value to his name. I wanted to address that real quick because we've seen this thing with Juve, how they're linked to Dzeko, they're linked to Suarez. Part of me thinks that the Suarez thing is coming about because Roma is telling them, hey, why don't you do us a favor? Send a message to De Laurentiis. And say, you know what, fine. Um, if you're not going to help Roma with these, uh, with this situation for Milik, we'll just take Suarez. Dzeko stays at Roma. And you get to keep Milik. And you're going to lose him for free in five months. This whole thing with Milik, Dzeko, Under, this is so bizarre because we've seen this going on now for three weeks. And it doesn't seem like De Laurentiis is moving off his position. To me, and we said it in the last episode... It is absurd to give this guy evaluation uh, we've seen 
upwards 60 million euros. We've seen 50 million euros, 40 million euros. To me, absolutely insane. Yeah, and and Juntoli just said just said that you know I find it incredible the vocabulary that some of these sporting executives oh. use. It's so it's so it's so boring, and it's always the same. I understand why they do it, but it, when he says and in Italian it, it sounds even more bizarre. But uh, when he says that Milik, despite his you know uh, expiration, well let's say expiration. I don't know how to say it. Expiration date or something like yeah, that. Uh, no, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite you're, his you're, contract expiring, yeah, pretty soon. Yeah, that's it. Technically means deadline, but you're referring to the contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. His worth, his worth is still important. No, it's not. It's not. It's really not in that important right now. I mean, you're looking at a player who, in a few months, is going to walk out of that place for free because he wants to. I mean, it's it's pretty evident. He was counting on first being contacted by Juve. The reports initially said that Juve were the ones in the run for Milik. But now, it, it, you know, it, it, I saw a, a number of journalists from uh, Naples who say the same thing. The only team in the run who's who expressed clear interest for Milik is Roma, and you know this is a clear situation of what does Jeco want, and whether De Laurentiis wants to wants to make a deal now and is ready to cash in, or will he risk losing this this player who you know despite what they say he's still a big time player um, uh, for free and. And so it's it's this is a very strange situation. This domino effect, um, the way that this Suarez deal to happened, you know, just appeared out of nothing. Then it was connected to Messi's possible farewell to Barcelona. Now we are hearing Messi will stay in Barcelona. Um, then you know that Juve are, are are in the run for Jeco. Then that. You know, the Jeco is stalling Juve, so Juve are veering toward Suarez. So it's a whole saga. Um, I really don't know what will come out of it. I, I'm pretty sure that it's it's also embarrassing for Under to have already um, a contract set with with Napoli. You know, um, uh, for I believe they want to give him five years of contract, um, and and he'll be paid pretty well, um, but still to be training with Roma. I really do not wish to see Under at the start of the season because I really don't think that that is a player in a position that can contribute. I don't believe that Under, if you don't make a deal for him, that he'll give you his his all because he's just not that kind of player. And Roma really need um, players to be extremely focused on on the club itself. Did you see what uh, De Laurenti said yesterday about Koulibaly and not accepting the deal? What do you oh, have yeah. to say about Europe? Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, well, okay, let's just sell everybody." <laughs> it's uh, that, and then then that he wants to make a club that is not made out of. I'm sorry for excuse my French, but made out of pussies, but of real <laughs> men. And in Italian, it it sounded even wor- it sounds worse a bit worse. That yeah, it does. because it does. he used the, the word "frenia" and yes, "frenni," and it's yeah. just oh. no, you don't use that. Yeah, very particular guy. But as you just said. Uh, Roma are not the only ones in this boat. Before we go, though, I want to address uh, Veritu because we've seen him linked with with Napoli pretty heavily. This is a guy whose agent, for some reason, you know, feels the need to give an interview every single week, uh, where he just he regurgitates many of the same quotes. Now, in fairness, he he does get asked many of the same questions but he doesn't do himself any favors in the way he responds to some of the things he asked if if Veritu is going to stay at Roma and he says 99.9 percent he will stay at Roma well when you answer like that you leave yourself open obviously for not only interpretation but to get that question again um for me prospect of losing Veritu uh, would be pretty devastating for Roma I can't imagine Fonseca would be pleased about it. So are you worried about Veritu leaving um, or do you not have any fear? Do you think, I guess, just just big picture for this market, do you think Roma's market, are you happy with it if Smalling arrives, um, Jekyll stays and 
really that's it. Maybe you get a smaller name at right back on loan or something. Yeah. That I think that's if when I'm say, when I'm saying that I'm not pessimistic is that it's because I can in you know in the grand scheme of things in the light of this this new footballing world that is caused by the coronavirus pandemic um that is into, to, I'm I'm easily satisfiable by by that by by making the the right moves and and few of them because we really don't need much much to 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 compete and I'm not talking about Scudetto but I'm talking for fourth place I still believe that those moves can allow you to to have a relatively good year ahead um I think that Jeko giving us one more year is is really key I think Smalling having his his wish granted um can you know can really contribute to this team, especially when you, he doesn't have that looming cloud of being on loan. Mm, uh, yeah, uh, good point. You know, and 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 a young right back or somebody up there who can bring that some enthusiasm to that particular role, which you know to to even talk about the some of the people that seen that flank is atrocious. Um, and yeah, and that's, I mean, I that, those are my few requirements. They're few, they're simple. I think Roma can do can do it. Um, it. It really, it just depends entirely on those damn intermediaries with, with Smalling and with Jekko's will. Okay, let's say you get Smalling, he arrives, no problems. If, if Jekko leaves and you get Milik, and everything else stays the same. You know, you, you, you've got Smalling. You've now got Milik. Maybe, as I said, you bring in a name on the right flank to go with Bruno Perez. Is that a significant downgrade in your opinion? I know we touched upon this in the last episode, but just Jekko to Milik, different players, obviously, but just in terms of potential goal output and in terms of potentially getting results. Do you think that alters things dramatically one way or the other? It is it is a pretty complex question. I think what really to me makes the difference is the situation we're in right now where we Roma really needs leaders. They need uh, point reference points. You're losing Kolarov, okay? He's going. Um imagine a player like Pedro coming into the club or imagine Smalling signing uh, this 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 contract finally with Roma and they find themselves without color, without Jekyll. Um, and that that's tough for, for the whole team, especially in this year. And that's why I, I keep saying that the ideal would be to have Jekyll for another year and then to go for Milik because Roma need character. They need a backbone. They, they are a team that is so emotionally fragile. And I know that Jekyll is not really the most um, emotionally stable guy on the pitch, um, just as Kolarov is not, that that's the same guy that goes after uh, Gattuso, um, that insults this guy's mother or that guy's sister, or <laughs> yeah. you know calls right. calls uh, Pellegrini a pussy. Um, it's, but at the same time, you need those guys. You need to come into the club and and know that somebody is watching you, that somebody will pin you to the locker room door because you've done something that really did not help the team. And 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 just for this year, I think that would be vital. Um, I think that would make a, a difference more in terms of the the uh, emotional state of the club. Let's put it that way. Then the actual um, you know goals difference on the pitch or whatever, because Milik is is a, a skilled, capable uh, forward um, who is hungry for goals, contributes differently than Jeko, but. I just don't think that is something that Roma need in this particular situation. Not right now, not with the current circumstances. I completely agree that the ideal scenario is you keep Jekyll for one season, um, and then you go for Milik for free. Now, with Milik being free in January, obviously that puts Roma at a much more difficult situation. Perhaps you have to raise your wage offer since you are now not having to pay a transfer fee. Maybe you have to pay higher commissions to his agent. Who knows? Um, it certainly is a risk. But I, I do think I do think the ideal the ideal outcome is to keep Jekyll for another season. 
now when you when you when you couple that with needing those 100 million and plus valens before the end of the 30th of next june Jekyll, you could probably easily get 10 to 15 million euros for um that is a significant piece of that of that 100 million so it becomes more difficult maybe you have to sacrifice somebody else we don't know but yeah i agree the ideal scenario is to keep jeko the ideal thing would be to then sign his replacement who i love milik admittedly so i would love to see that i i completely agree with you everyone let us know what you think jeko would you keep him uh, or would you sell him now and bring in milik very eager to hear your opinion so we will leave it there as always, thank you for listening. We appreciate the support so, so much. So we will be back after the weekend. Have a enjoyable weekend. Stay safe. Thank you. Uh, and until next time, ciao. Ciao.